Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents and carers. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Today, we're revisiting one of our favourite interviews from the archive. I hope you enjoy it. There are many different styles of teaching, or you could also say philosophies, different approaches that often start in childcare and preschool settings. Montessori schools have their own approach to education that started in the early 1900s in the slums of Rome. Fast forward to 2015, and there are plenty of Montessori schools around the world. Bill Conway is the principal of Montessori East Primary and Preschool in Bondi. Hi, Bill. How are you? Hi, good. Um, Now, can you tell us, I mean, Montessori is a name that a lot of people are familiar with today, but I'm not sure that they understand exactly where it's come from and what it means. So if we can go back to the very beginning, um, can you tell us about Dr. Maria Montessori and how she developed this particular approach to education? Sure, Siobhan. Maria Montessori was a, a medical doctor. She was the first medical doctor trained in Italy. And at that time, it was quite unusual for a woman to be to be studying medicine. It was quite a challenge for her to get through that that course in in getting her her degree and and to become a medical doctor. Soon after that, she started working with children, and she was working with children that were um, having difficulties, that were disabled in some way, or having uh, mental difficulties and. Most of those children were seen to be children that really did struggle and were not educable. And she uh, was was asked to work with those children and and discovered that actually they that inside that child was was a learner and that she discovered ways first in working with them that through certain materials and through certain methodologies that that she could actually engage them as learners. So she was surprising her own profession and the work that she was doing. And therefore, was was asked to uh, to help with the particular situation in the slums of Rome, as you said. And this is really where her first school, the Casa di Bambini, was opened in in Rome in 1907. And this is really where the magic began. She was a brilliant, amazing uh, person who not only looked at the uh, education of children as a scientist. She also was someone who really looked at the world through the eyes of a, of a sociologist, through an anthropologist, through, through someone who really looked at the potential of the child to bring peace in the world. So she had this grand vision and how she saw the role of the child, but she also saw the individual child and, and their needs. And so her school that she opened up was something that was very different because she was taking children that were, were running around the slums and the, the landlords were, were quite concerned about the children damaging everything in those buildings that they owned and thought, well, let's get them out of the way. Let's kind of put them away for a while during the day so they don't do so much damage. <laughs> and then she ended up actually giving them this rich environment just by observing what they needed and what they could respond to. And they, these children were thriving. They became strong learners. They became incredibly uh, notable, I guess, in, in their achievements as, as children. And she became very popular. She, people I mean, I imagine when you talk about this and, and thinking back to the early 1900s, I can also imagine it was a very different time and a different view of children, even though um, traditionally, I know Italian culture celebrates children. I imagine still in that period of time, it was children should be 
seen and not heard. Right. And for her to have that approach, um, it sounds so modern in terms of how we look at children today. That's right. Yeah. So what um, principles from that period do you um, apply today in Montessori schools? Are there a, is there a set of principles that yes, define yes. Montessori education? Absolutely. And it was during that time, it wasn't just her, but there, there were a lot of uh, educationalists looking at education. Piaget had come out with his theories of child development and the stages of development. And and John Dewey was also from this time. And, and there were a lot of, um, a, a lot of uh, experts that were really seeing that the way we should look at the child is that the child goes through stages of development. And so many of the principles of Montessori are based on those stages of development. Seeing that uh, between the ages of birth through to six, it's a it's a, a particular stage or plane of development that is unique, and and so our response we need to have a response to the child at that time, and we need to design our education model based on the the special needs of that child at that time. And then as the child grows, there there are different needs, and those needs change. So therefore the the, the method in which we would educate them would change also. So many educationalists saw that and came with their own ways, very similar ways, like Steiner, uh, Montessori. Um, these, were, these were all inspired probably by um, psychology, the child psychologists at that time who were looking at, at child development. So the principles are based fundamentally on the, the growth of the child, the change that the child makes as they as they grow older, the sensitive periods that the child has at certain ages, and during those sensitive periods, providing them with the, the right kind of environment for them to, to release their potential. And so I guess in that sense, what does education mean? So if we're looking at different age groups and how people might traditionally think about education, you could say um, that from, say, zero to three, mm -hmm. I think people are very understanding that it's play, learning through play. Mm -hmm. um, and that could be anything about just discovering new colours and textures mm -hmm. and things like that. And then maybe from three to six, it's starting the fundamentals of reading and, and writing and things like that. Is mm -hmm. that how... Montessori views education, or is it something different? Somewhat. I, I, I would probably preface it more on the on the side that during those times, the the, the child is is ready to learn certain things. has has a um, their mind is really uh, ready to absorb knowledge, experience, awareness of the world. So, if we look at those periods of zero to three, this is really that time when the, the child has the, the most rapid growth in their life, this is really when physical change is happening at an incredible rate, that their their language is getting developed, their movement is getting developed. Um, and all, all we're doing as, as parents in that during that period is really providing them, like you said, it's a play-based environment, but it's also they're, they're, they're starting to get to that point where they really want to understand the world they live in. And so rather than just giving them toys to play with in a Montessori environment, even for under three, it's really, they, they, want, they look at mom or dad doing things around the house and they want to do the same. Oh, yeah. And they want to, <laughs> they want to cook, they want to clean, they want to do things. And yep. so rather than just kind of saying, well, let's let them play, it's, it's actually let them engage, let them become a part of the world that they see in as real a sense as possible so that... Um, 
while whether it's at home or whether it's in a school or, or a care center, the more that the child can not uh, pretend but actually do things that are real, make things for themselves, get dressed, uh, put their shoes on. I mean, they really want to do that as much as it, we kind of go in in the way and we want to help them and we want to serve them. We actually, you know, they want to do it themselves and we sometimes refer to those terrible twos as, <laughs> as something <laughs> yes. that's a really difficult time. But because putting the shoes on when you do it could take five minutes, when they exactly. do it could take all day. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll want to do it and they want to, you know, they want to tell you that no, no, and no yes, becomes their the favorite word. <laughs> exactly, and it doesn't matter if my left foot is on my, my left shoe's on my right foot or the other way around, that's the way that's I want right. to do it. Exactly. <laughs> is there a way of um, succinctly saying what is different about Montessori to mainstream education? Hmm. I could describe that in different ways. And I think um, if you think about institutionalizing education, so there's one thing about just using the principles, whether you're at home or at school, but there's another. Uh, way in inter of interpreting those principles when you put it put it into a, a school setting. So um, the best way to describe it would be to first look at a non-Montessori experience for the child. So you think about what they would do when they came to a school, whether it's a preschool or a primary school. Usually, what they do is they will enter into the the setting and they know they're there to learn. But when they enter that setting, they're they're there to wait for some instruction. Okay, this is what we're going to do today. It could be that there is a center that has different choices for them, or it could be that you know they're going to all get together in a group and they'll find out what's what's on for the day. So that you know that eagerness to find out is to find out from the teacher or from the care. This is what's going to happen, and then they do what they're told to do. In a Montessori environment, it's quite different because the child will be thinking even before school. What am I going to do today? What choices am I going to make? Because when they come to school, they'll enter the classroom and there won't be something ready for the group to do. It really is an environment prepared for them. They come in and they start making choices about what they're going to do. It's a rich environment filled with, uh, with choices of materials that they can interact with, they can, uh, they can work with, they've had lessons on perhaps. And so their experience and the greatest difference is they become owners of their learning. They are in charge of that. They will be thinking, walking to school or in the car on the way to school, oh, I'd like to work with this material today or I'd like to do this today. And so that anticipation of learning is there. And then they make the choice about what they do. So they become very engaged. And then they, get, you know, they have this chance of having an uninterrupted period of time, about three hours during the morning, where they can make those choices. And nobody's saying, you all have to stop now. Now you're going to eat. Now you're going to do this. Now you're going to do that. So that's the biggest difference between a Montessori environment and, and a non-Montessori environment. And uh, what about um, the difference, I guess, before between preschool and primary school? Because I think the thing that challenges parents, or at least it challenges me, is mm -hmm. I think uh, my daughter goes to a, a preschool, a childcare centre that is based on a similar kind of philosophy. Mm -hmm. And I guess my worry is that she has this beautiful learning experience and then she goes into a state-based primary school mm -hmm. traditional system. And I worry that there will be a disconnect or there'll be a jarring between the way mm -hmm. she learnt before and the way she'll learn in primary school. Um, so my question is, 
what happens when a child leaves the Montessori system to go into mainstream education? Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, what if you've been to a Montessori preschool and primary school and then you're in a high school mm-hmm. that's mainstream? Are students at the same level? Or are they are mm-hmm. they at the same level as their peers? I mean, what's the... Um, eventually, most of our um, available public free education is probably the more institutionalized way. Right, right. Um, so what what becomes of the children then? Mm. Can I first go back to just describe the difference between the preschool primary environment yep. and Montessori so that I guess it puts it into a context about how that transition to a non-Montessori environment might, might work. The preschool age is that age of the absorbent mind. Maria Montessori uh, saw the child as one who really wanted to learn from what they could see and touch. So it was very much based on Uh, on on them using their senses, their hands, their eyes, their ears, and and absorbing the the environment around them by touching, feeling, by interacting. And and most of the learning really happens through that. But, you know, there is a change in primary. You know, there is a change, but also that's a natural change that the child goes from the absorbent mind to what Marie Montessori called the reasoning mind. Because all of a sudden... Um, that curiosity is not just about what they can see and touch, but also what they can't see and touch. The things that are out there in the world, really the wider world, the bigger world, their imagination is really kicking in in, in full bore. They want to go in there and, and find out about the past or about the future or about Space other countries or... and sp- everything. And, and there's an incredible curiosity there. So the way that school needs to work in both of those, whether it's preschool or primary, really has to change to allow the child to to be able to have their curiosity sparked. So you need to have some structure there and some, some ways of really stimulating the curiosity, but also the means for them to, to carry that through. So in the primary school, there is a, a very rich Montessori curriculum. We have to also meet, of course, the Board of Studies outcomes that are there, but there's no problem with that because of the fact that uh, rather than taking certain things and saying in year one we're going to do this and year two we're going to do this, it really becomes more of the fact that they uh, th- they follow that curiosity, but within that curiosity about finding out things, they're learning about the math, they're learning the reading, the writing. All of those skills are coming into play. And so if they were to leave uh, at the end of the primary school and go into a, a more traditional high school, they've not only had the curriculum covered very well and not only have an understanding of the cognitive aspects of learning, they also have learned about themselves. They, they've made choices through their learning throughout this time. They know what they like, what they don't like, and they're quite solid as individuals. So it's that sense of, of self that they take with them wherever they go, and they make the adjustment they, they are able to make the adjustment very well. And we follow our students on after they leave, and all of them do well academically. They really don't have any difficulty. Bill, it sounds fabulous. I could talk about this all day, but unfortunately <laughs> we can't. We have to move on. So thank you so much for coming in and explaining about the Montessori education. Of course, there is a website um, that if you want to go back and read some more, we'll pop it on ours, or you can revisit this podcast. Bill, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me, Siobhan. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, 
email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.